0: Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome to Wednesday night. Um, uh, we're on John chapter 18 and we are, last week we did verses 1 to 3 and this week we're doing verses 4 to 9. So if you want to read along with me, I'm going to read through the, the section and then pick up from there. So verse 4, Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him, so he stepped forward to meet them, to meet them, sorry. Who are you looking for? He asked. Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. As Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. Once more he asked them, Who are you looking for? And again they replied, Jesus the Nazarene. I told you that I am he, Jesus said, and since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement. I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. So, remember last week, um, Jesus crosses the Kidron Valley into the, into the, uh, the grove of olive trees. And it talks about how, um, then Judas had been given like a whole contingent of soldiers and temple guards to, to go with him to get Jesus. And they came ready for battle, right? So, then picking up in verse four, Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him. So he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for? He asked. So remember they showed up with torches and lanterns and weapons when they arrive at the olive grove and it's not just that they've got a contingent of roman soldiers and temple guards right with judas right so jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him so he stepped forward to meet them who are you looking for He asked, even though they showed up like this he wasn't scared right so jesus you see jesus takes the initiative he doesn't just stand there and let things happen to him he he realized now how it will happen and steps forward He's not caught by surprise. He knew this was coming. He's ready, right? Um, John chapter 13, verse 1 says this, Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. So what you see here is, um, Jesus knows this is going to happen. It might be that, you know, obviously because he's God and man, it might be that he doesn't, it hasn't been revealed to him like a, the exact way it's going to happen. He knows it's going to happen. Um, the reason I think that is because it says Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him. You know, when he sees everybody, goes, "Ah, this is how it's going to happen," right? And what it brought to my mind was like prophecy, right? We read through the Bible, we see prophecy of things that have happened, obviously, and and were fulfilled. But we know we have prophecy also of things that are still yet to come, and have. Are being different things that are being fulfilled, right? So we know the prophecy of these things that are to come, but we don't know ex- un- we don't fully realize how it will one hundred percent happen until it happens, right? So and then all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, I know what this is, right? So so we we can say we can understand where Jesus is at or understand the fully realizing what was going to happen to him. Like he knows, he knows the scripture, you know, he's God. He also knows what's going to go down. And, but he's man. So he, he doesn't, he fully realizes it. Oh, once. remember there God and man. He's together. You know, it's not just this half of him is God. And this half of him is man. And this half that is God knows everything. But the other half that's man is like kept in the dark, you know? So it's Jesus is God. And he is man. He goes through everything we go through. He went through all the emotions. He understands like we do. His brain works the same way. His understanding works the same way, right? Um, as things are revealed, then understanding comes, and that's what's happening. Things are being revealed, and his understanding, he fully, you, we start to fully realize what's happening. So in verse 5, he says, <clears throat> Jesus the Nazarene, they replied, I am he, Jesus said. And it says, Judas who betrayed him was standing with them. Jesus, um... The crazy thing is this. Jesus' betrayal at the hands of a close friend has been prophesied. It was prophesied in the book of Psalms. If you look at Psalm 41.9, it says this. Even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food, has turned against me. And then John 6.64. Jesus knew this was going to happen, not just from prophecy, but he did know. Um, So... He's no, he knew this as far back as John chapter 6, 64, you know, he said, but some of you do not believe me for Jesus knew from the beginning, which ones didn't believe. And he all and he knew who would betray him. So, again, J- Judas is standing there. Um, Jesus knows, has always known and knows, obviously, that he's going to he's betraying him. But then in this part, you see, there's an I am statement. This I am statement it can be read a couple of two a couple of different ways it can be read as the I am is here Jesus the Nazarene replied and he says the I am is here or I am the Lord um, I think in the ancient Greek it doesn't say I am he it just says I am so But then as we look at verse 6 we have to read verse 6 to go along with this as Jesus said I am he they all drew back and fell to the ground so this I am statement comes with power just like in Exodus chapter 3 verse 14, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So what is Jesus doing here? He is, by answering I am or I am he, "I am." the I am is here, I am the Lord. However you read it in your translation, in your in your specific version of the Bible, Jesus is proclaiming that he is God. The power of his proclamation, I am, his pro- he's proclaiming them that he is God. It makes them fall down. It says right there, they all drew back and fell to the ground, right? And what is that? They're there to do evil, and God is obviously good. And evil cannot stand before God, you know? You could take that, like, figuratively, oh, they fell down, they couldn't stand, I get it. Ho, ho, ho. But it's true. It's, it's a true statement. Evil cannot stand before God, right? And right there, his deity comes up. He says, "I am." Everybody is laid flat. It's it's gonna be the same way, you know. In the end, every knee shall bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Right. So that's the thing. Before God, we all fall down. Right. We all fall down. You you read that in like the book of um, Daniel, and you see that in some instances, these people, Daniel, let's say he sees an angel of God, and he falls to the ground in weakness, like a dead man, right? He cannot stand before the glory of God, right? And these angels are espousing the glory of God. He created them. He gave them their power and everything, and their authority, right? So Jesus, in his authority, as God says, I am he, and they all fall down. Boom! He puts them straight to their place, right? Look, think about the power of his words. He's not just saying, I am God, but think about it. God created everything with Words he spoke into creation. He is powerful. His words are powerful, right? And when he proclaims who he is, everything is laid low. Everything is humbled, right? In this instance, all evil is humbled before Jesus Christ. There. And there's something actually we need to remember as believers. You know, I um, found, and I say this from experience, um, as a believer, I used to sneak around when I was much younger, and I was doing, people would say, naughty things. I was living in sin, right? And sin cannot stand before God. It is brought out into the open, and that's what happened. I couldn't stand before God, go to church and everything, and try to do God's work and do evil on the side. Can't do it, you know? So we need to remember that. We can't sneak around like Judas was doing and expect to have God's blessing on our life, you know? And, you know, and that's what happened. When I wasn't living the right way, God's blessing wasn't on my life. You know, I'm not dead. So obviously God's still protected me. I still had, God was still watching out for me, but his full blessing was all my life. When I was able, when the Lord helped me clean that stuff out, when evil stood before God and was shut down in my life, then I could have God's blessing. You know, God could be, could really watch out for me. God could really take care of me. Um, verse seven, it says, once more, he asked them, who are you looking for? And again, they replied, Jesus, the Nazarene. Verse eight, I told you that I am he, Jesus said, and since I am the one you want, let these others go. So you see, Jesus has given himself up willingly. So you see, this isn't like God made Jesus do this. Jesus is God. The father didn't just like you need to do this and that's it. Jesus willingly is giving himself up to reconcile us back to God, to redeem us back from our, from sin, from death. You know, he's willingly doing this. Also, you see two phase sides of this. He willingly gives himself up first to redeem us and everything. But at this and at, at the present time when he was doing this, he was doing it to protect his disciples by commanding everyone's attention back onto himself. You know what I mean? He says, I am he. They fall to the ground. Then they get up, like, "Oh, look at all! He's got a whole crowd here too." You know, and they might be ready to fight. They they came ready to fight, obviously. So Jesus commands their attention back to himself. I told you that I am He, me alone. No one else here is involved with this. And since I am the one you want, let these others go. So Jesus is not just, uh, he's not just a pawn here. He's displays he's displaying his power with his words, and proclaiming that he is God. And and he is in control, right? He's in control of what's happening and what will happen. He's in control. He's not just being, he's not just along for the ride. He's in control. And that's something we need to remember too. So a couple things we need to remember. Jesus, God is in control. Jesus Christ is in control. If you've accepted him into your heart, he should be in control of your life. You need to clean out evil and i say you need to clean out evil but in reality you can't clean out the evil in your heart that's why we need jesus obviously that's an obvious statement now um so what you need to do is rely on jesus christ the holy spirit god the father to help clean these things out of your life so that you can live in the light you don't want to be like judas you know you want to be like the other guys you know they messed up but they came forward and said i messed up i'm sorry forgive me you know so he proclaims his power that he is God. You know, you see this. He even, he just says his name and everybody falls down, right? He says it a second time, but he doesn't, he doesn't basically, uh, in the same sense, he doesn't uh, consciously, you know, blow them apart, right? He allows them to stand and answer and everything. So then we're in verse 9. It says, he did this to fulfill his own statement. I do. Not, I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. So, Jesus made this statement himself. He made this statement in John chapter 6 and John chapter 17. In chapter 6, it was verse 39. He says, And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. John chapter 17, verse 12. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost, except the one headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. So Jesus is fulfilling scripture. And this is what I I mean. He knows what he's doing. He's not just being dragged around like a pawn. And he's like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen to me. God help me. You know what I mean? But he knows, okay, I came here to do a job. I know what that job is. And when he sees it, he's fully realizing that as it comes along, this is, okay, with this part we have, I I need to do this. At this part, I do this. At this part, this scripture is fulfilled by my doing this. At this part, my scripture is fulfilled by my doing this. He is in control. He understands what's going on. He realizes all of the aspects, and he's stepping on, you know, uh, intentionally where he's supposed to go, and he's saying the things he needs to say. Um, You might think, well, he he's orchestrating it, and you're like, you're right. Of course, he's orchestrating it. He's God. Yes, he's orchestrating it because he. The whole Bible is based on him. Yes, he's orchestrating it. But he wrote the the Bible is written for our benefit. Right now, Jesus is proving that he is God by fulfilling the scriptures and the prophecies that he put in there. You know, remember, God dictated to Moses and to all these different people, Paul, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. He inspired these men, you know, different men. Joshua, uh, all the different judges. He inspired David and all the different people that wrote in the Psalms. He inspired Solomon and he inspired the different prophets. Um, And, you know, Jeremiah, Ezra, Nehemiah inspired these people to write down what he wanted them to write down. And now he's showing us, I'm God. I told him to write this down. Now I'm going to fulfill it. You see that? He did this to fulfill his own statement. Jesus is God. He fulfills everything he said he's going to do. You know, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, he is fulfilling it. Right? We can't sneak around expecting to live in sin and not be accountable to God, you know? Like these men that came ready to take Jesus down with torches and weapons and everything, and contingents of guards and soldiers, um, the moment he stood up and said, I am, boom, they're laid low. They have no real power, you know? They think they have power, but they don't. And we see that Jesus is going through this willingly. He wants to die on the cross. In a sense, I mean, as much as you can say, I want to, he wants to because he knows it redeems and reconciles God, everyone, all of humanity, past, present and future back to God, where we where we we were supposed to be in the in the first place. So what are we looking at here? This is what I see. Jesus is God. I see that. And when he speaks, all evil is laid low before him. I see that evil cannot hide and stand before him. And then I also see that he is in complete control. So a couple of things you need to remember in your life. God is in control. Evil cannot stand before him. And if there's evil hidden in your heart, start asking God to, to clean it out for you. Start taking the practical steps of reading your word, you know, and if, if you have evil things laying around your house, getting rid of them, those kinds of things, you know, not watching garbage, not reading garbage, not listening to garbage, you know, those kinds of things. The, the people you hang out with, maybe you're hanging out with people that lead you to wrong down the wrong path. Maybe you need to stop hanging out with them. You know, I'm just saying, let's do our part and let God do his. God bless you guys.